The great stories keep on coming. Hey everyone, how you doing? Adam Connor here. This is another episode of To Dare is Human, and while it's true that the Wonder Woman series is, by definition, the first and therefore the best series this show has had to offer, I am consistently surprised week over week at the number of great suggestions and successes that I have personally had in putting together these great stories about these females and the dares they make. Hope you're having a great week so far, and I hope you enjoy the subject of today's episode. This is the story of Alexa Buckley and Sarah Pearson, co-founders of Margo, a shoe startup which has set out to create the perfect flat, and also the perfect heel, which I'll talk about in a minute. Alexa, Sarah, and I all share a common life inspiration. No, not personal experience wearing heels for extended periods of time, though my theater experience in a half-drag show in college does put me in that category. That's the hasty pudding reference I make towards the end of the interview. If you don't know what that is, I suggest you look it up. It's actually a pretty cool theater tradition. Instead, we were all captivated by the same commencement address in 2014 given by Sheryl Sandberg, whose newest book, Option B, I spoke about on Monday's Minisode. We all sat in the same audience that day and listened to her talk about inspiration and passion, and specifically, we were all struck by her commentary on, believe it or not, daring to do something, anything. The quote in particular was a question painted on the wall at Facebook HQ, which stated, What would you do if you weren't afraid? At the time, for me, I wasn't particularly spurred to action, though I'm tiptoeing back into my passion for presentation with this show. Alexa and Sarah were... And that summer abandoned their plans to enter the real world of 9 to 5 life and cut a different path, the path to Margot. That path has won them the attention of some of the biggest fashion publications in the industry like Vogue, Elle, and Goop. And in 2016, they were named to Forbes 30 under 30 list for art and style. I'm so happy to have them here on the show to talk about their collective dare to date, as well as the next step, which in this case is literal, as Margot has just launched a brand new line of heels, their first ever. So, without further ado, here are the founders of this fashion-forward firm flaunting their flirty, feel-good flats and heels without the fuss of faulty fit. From Margot, it's Alexa Buckley and Sarah Pearson. Okay, so I'm here with Alexa Buckley and Sarah Pearson, the co-founders of Margot, and up-and-coming ballet shoe flat, now getting into the heeled space, fashion-forward company who started out in 2015, who are making great waves, and we have a a pretty similar uh, sort of impetus for starting our own paths down uh, sort of our passions. But before that, get to all that, how are you folks doing? We're doing well. <laughs> Thank you for chatting with us today. We're, we're so excited. And I'm excited to have you guys on. You know, uh, so we... Uh, so we went to school together. We didn't. We, I don't remember us having too much in common there. But what we did have in common was towards the end of school, we both were inspired by the class day speech that we heard at commencement. And, and I've read all over. Yes. Listeners, if you hear, uh, if you read into Margot while you're listening to this or after you listen to this um, and you'll read their Forbes 30 under 30 profile, you will read that uh, in part or maybe fully they were inspired <laughs> to go and jump into this 
venture from Sheryl Sandberg's speech in commencement class day 2014 up at Harvard, where she said a couple of things specifically, but listing out questions that were written or painted up in murals on the walls at Facebook HQ, which included the question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? I think it's a lot, question a lot of folks uh, you know, think about. It's a question that I thought about when, when I started out this podcast and when you guys started out Margo, which is a exponentially larger endeavor. Um, it's, it's great to be connecting with somebody with that similarity. So I guess I'm a little, uh, I guess, out of the loop, though, because that was in 2014, and there was something in the middle because you guys launched Margo officially in May of 2015, which left about a year, which I would imagine planning would be happening and things like that. But I would imagine there would have to be some other sort of path that took a left turn at some point to then start this. So Sarah and I... Uh met when we were freshmen at Harvard and we were fast friends. We lived together um, the next three years, sophomore through senior year and um, had jobs lined up after graduation. I was going to go, I, Alexa, I was going to go into venture capital and Sarah into consulting. Um, and we had signed the job offers. We had, you know, found our apartments in our respective cities. I was going to move to New York and Sarah to Atlanta. And, um, we were kind of ready to go. And it wasn't until senior spring um, when we had a bit of time on our hands that we started dreaming up this idea for Margot um, and what the brand looked like, the the customer that we were kind of designing for and the products that we thought um, we could create for her that were special um, and unique. So we arrived on class day to listen to Sheryl Sandberg um, with this idea in our heads, but very much of a different game plan um, ahead of us. And um, when she asked that question to the crowd, what would you do if you weren't afraid? We looked at each other and we kind of knew the answer. And it was to go after this project that had started as a passion project, but had quickly evolved into something that felt much greater than that. And um, from there, um, we decided to take the gigantic leap of faith um, to not go to our jobs and to instead pursue um, creating this company together. Wow. So it, you, so if I have this right, you had the job offer sign and you had to, would I guess, go in August or something of that of that year. And, and it didn't, that didn't even happen. That did not happen. No, we um, had been working, as Alexa said, we had been working on the idea, our crazy idea, all through senior spring. And really, we had a pivotal moment, um, as you mentioned in your introduction, at graduation when Sheryl Sandberg asked the audience that question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And it was a question that Alexa and I had been struggling with for a long time because most of our peers would have thought and did think, you know, are you crazy? You're walking away from um, job offers at the various companies that we were going to work for. and um, But at the same time, we had this other love and we had this passion for Margot and we didn't want to, to you know, not pursue it and then look back five years later and think, well, what if? What if we had chased after it? What if we had gone for it? And so soon after graduation, then we decided uh, that we were going to just take the plunge and and you know, go for it while we were young and while we were hungry. And so we called our employers and said, you know, we've really found this idea that we have 
that we've become so passionate about. And unfortunately, um, we can't come back. And that was, we both laugh about it all of the time because hands down, that was the scariest phone call we have ever had to make. Um, but, you know, we were fortunate in that some people um, that we talked to, everyone that we talked to were super understanding and they recognized how passionate we were about Margot. And, and they were kind enough to say, well, you know what, go after it. And if it doesn't work out, let us know. And the door is always open for you on the other side. Um, in the end, we, you know, here we are three years later and we're, we're still going for it. And it's been a wonderful journey. Um, but that was, you know, great to have the support of the advisors who pushed us to make that decision in the, in the beginning. And then also the support of the people that we should have gone to work for um, that, that we ended up reneging those offers from. Yeah, I have to say that's that is very understanding. And, and, and I guess perhaps. Perhaps it's a bit of, of, of privilege to assume that people would be like, you know, so willing to, to just be like that, because if you're a good candidate and you, you will be a good, you know, employee for whatever company, you know, you never want to let go of that person. But, you know, so close to starting off, it's like, oh, wow, you know, why? But it seems like that right. wasn't really the case at all, at least as far as, as you saw it. And so you decide, OK, we're dumping that all on the show. We refer to it as the dare, but you decide we're going to jump into this full, full stop. And yes. first of all, what? So explain a little bit why why jump into the ballet flat space particularly? What was it about that that inspired you to to jump in now from the business side? Um, we had spent time um, a short time in the corporate world, summers before our senior year, um, and had experienced the. Uh, unfortunate shoe shuffle that a lot of women go through living in a city when you are wearing your sneakers to run to the office to then change into uncomfortable heels and shove them in your bag and then do the same on the way home. And really felt like there could be and should be a shoe that just made you feel beautiful and dressed and polished that you could also run around in and that there could be products that were elegant and refined, but also really met the demands of modern life and what that looked like um, for women on the go. And we thought about all sorts of products from leather goods to um, bags and wallets and decided that um, we we needed to find something that no one had ever done before to really make a splash and to make a difference as two people who were coming into this with absolutely no business doing it and no background in it. Um, and as we dug into the engineering of the ballet flight in particular, we realized that it's actually a very difficult shoe to engineer because... If you think about it, you have to kind of capture the taper of someone's foot perfectly to get it right. Um, and that there was a very interesting opportunity to kind of reinvent the shoe with this made-to-measure custom fit offering. Um, for us, it was a means to an end of creating the perfect fitting shoe. But it was also um, a new way of shopping and, and purchasing footwear. And this was our kind of way to tiptoe into the market and really disrupt it. Um, so we started with the ballet flat because we felt like it was the one of the universal kind of staples of the modern woman's footwear wardrobe. We felt like it was um, as appealing to a young 20-something out of college as it was to our mother as it was to her mother. Um, and it was that something that if we could really perfect, it could be um, it could be the holding piece of Margot as a brand. Makes sense. And I like that pun with tiptoeing. <laughs> so... Uh, you the emphasis on fit has obviously mm -hmm. been central to the organization is something which is a competitive advantage I would say for you specifically in the delivery model 
that you have. But in terms of jumping into this industry, as you just stated, with no real prior experience in the manufacturing <laughs> of a shoe, it <laughs> seems, it seems uh, you know, it would seem from an outsider such as myself, but a curious one, that the fit wasn't in- entirely there. So for that first, you know, those first couple of months, I guess, leading up, so let's go from, say, August of 14 to May of 15 before you officially launched, but while you were still in development. I mean, how did you even start? I mean, because for me, I'm thinking like, I don't know, Google how to make shoe, but like that's that's not even grammatically correct. So like, <laughs> yeah, like, so how do you, how do you go? How did you do it? I mean, what did you start with? Yeah, gosh. Um, you know, I'm stepping back. It's hard to remember exactly what we started with, but the first thing, you know, going even further back than August of 2014 was in January of 2014. So when Alexa and I were fully committed to going the corporate route after graduation, the first decision we actually ever made as a, a duo and as a brand was to pick the name. And really, actually, the identity for uh, and concept of the brand and and putting ourselves in the shoes of the customer that we hope to serve. So, you know, people always laugh when we tell them that the first thing we decided was the name, which was Margot, because usually that doesn't happen for most entrepreneurs. And then, um, you know, really when we got to New York in the summer of 2014, the t- top priority kind of along those lines was, okay, let's finalize the brand identity and start to build out the world while at the same time we figure out this manufacturing piece, because obviously that's kind of the crux, that's the thing that makes it come to life. So, um, you know, at the same time that we were meeting with a branding firm and, and picking the brand colors and designing the logo and, um, you know, doing preliminary prototyping of the packaging, um, we were finding and meeting with anybody and everybody who worked in the footwear manufacturing space who uh, was willing to talk to us. And uh, fortunately, one of the first people we met actually ended up becoming a, a critical part of our team and somebody that we still work to to this day. Um, it was actually a couple, um, and they run a business that is um, an advisory business for young brands who are looking to get involved in manufacturing uh, shoes specifically in the U.S., but they also have a number of contacts abroad in Italy and Spain. Um, and they're working on, on new projects constantly, and they were intrigued by the idea that we came to them with, which is, well, what if you could make a sh- pair of shoes made to measure but at an accessible price? And um, both of these um, these entrepreneurs in them, their own right, um, they love a challenge, and they loved the idea that they would get to problem-solve around uh, this made-to-measure concept. And so it really hooked them in the very first meeting, and from there it was you know just diving headfirst into footwear manufacturing. And we were so lucky to have somebody who had decades of experience um, that could help guide us through those initial conversations uh, with the factories, you know, that could help us sketch out the ideas and the concepts and the forms that we had in our minds. And that also had the technical expertise then to kind of gut check all of the things that we were proposing, whether it was, um, you know, the, the method that we would use to create a pair of shoes made to measure or whether it was the pattern that we, um, you know, wanted to implement on the design. 
so, you know, really it was, uh, it came down to the, the experts that we could leverage in each of these areas. And Alexa and I always say that we were very honest with ourselves about what we didn't know. And then we sought out the people who knew what we didn't. And we did that in everything, whether it was in branding or in web design or, you know, most importantly in manufacturing. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I think it's important, first of all, for everybody listening, that if you are going to do something that you don't know how to do to find a mentor, that is something that I didn't quite do, for example, when I started this show. But like you guys, I started, for me, it was all about the title. And I don't know why that is. I guess just because I think brand recognition today is more than is worth more than almost anything. And so <laughs> if you have a recognizable name or one that rolls off the tongue like Margaret does, um, th- I think that's most important. So maybe it's not what all entrepreneurs do currently, but maybe it's something that they, that they should to start with brand and, and, and branch out. Just a, just a thought. But you have this wonderful brand, this wonderful logo, and all of these things leading up to the launch. In a lot of cases with a lot of startups, the time that is the most excitement around a new idea or a new brand. I'm sure there was lots of honeymoon phase right at the start. Everybody said, oh my God, this is so great because I know it happened to me. Uh, I'm sure it happened to you. And then business starts to set in. You have new launches that you're going to work on. You have other go-to-market strategies. What are we going to do in the first you know, three, six, 12 months? Would you describe a little bit what that first say year was like in terms of okay boots are now on the ground or shoes in this case we are you know trying to make some money here we're trying to market we're trying to expand but what was that like because i'm sure it was just a whirlwind it it was definitely a whirlwind (laughs) we we launched um or went live in may of 2015 on our site um and kind of one of the smartest investments that we probably did make leading up to launch was investing in a pr partner Um, and they kind of became quickly a part of the Margot family, um, in a very kind of special way. They're almost like creative directors and we still work with them today. Um, we launched on Vogue.com, which was, you know, a very exciting moment as two girls who had kind of built this from scratch with no fashion background before. And, and then it was off to the races and, um, we, we learned quickly, um, a lot of things. Number one, um, who our customer was and, Number two, what was really important to her. Um, and the thing that was probably most surprising um, after the first kind of few weeks and months after launch was that this kind of idea of the perfect fitting shoe and and serving this um, market of, of fit wasn't as niche as we thought it was going to be. And that women really do have a hard time finding shoes. Um, there's a crazy statistic like 88% of women actually wear the wrong size shoe. Um, and as we started to realize this, there was like, you know, our, our minds are racing with all of the other possibilities of what we could do, um, understanding that we had tapped into something, you know, really special. <laughs> and at the same time, we were trying to manage a factory line that we had built from scratch, creating our custom shoes outside of New York. <laughs> so um, it was Sarah and I, we started, we were the factory line at the beginning. We dusted the shoes, we packed the shoes, we checked every box that went out the door. And slowly but surely, um, as we continued to gain momentum, um, we added to the team. But those first three months were as much learning, I think, as we've ever done in our entire lives in terms of uh, where this business was going to go. But at the same time, was kind of realizing what the day-to-day might look like um, now that we were in the manufacturing business. So we took our time. Um, we were really kind of careful about making sure we perfected one thing before we moved on to anything else. Um and 
about six months in is when we began to um, realize the value of our extremely loyal customers who, once they know they're fit with us, are kind of all in. And it wasn't until then that we started to develop our new pr- our next product, so to say, um, that we will kind of continue to roll out very hopefully, hopefully um, over the next few years. And I uh, I agree. One, one of the one of the best things, as well as branding, is to, to come on with with somebody in PR. And I'm just I'm just reading down uh, through it. At, you know, as you've developed now through almost two years, we're we're coming up on it next month and being featured in Vogue, like you said first. But then after that, the Times and Forbes, like I had mentioned in the beginning, being on the thirty under thirty list, I'm sure was a a huge huge coup. Um, other publications like Elle and Goop, these things where. You know, these are these are leaders in the space and they are featuring your content. So that must be very exciting, too. And, you know, I, I see on the front end, you know, I see all of the, the great things that are going on. Where we have new launches, that the things are growing, that the team is growing. How many are you guys up to now? We are five in the office full time. And then we have this extended family of people who many of which have been working for us for three years now. Um, who help us on a project basis, whether it's, you know, on the still on the manufacturing side of things, um, on the branding, etc. And so I see all of this great growth. And I, I'm tempted, I'm tempted to ask, what do you think in the first 23 months that you've officially been in business has been the biggest challenge or just like the biggest like pain in the neck that comes with running a business like this? Because, you know, I'm sure that it's not always the smoothest of sailing, but um, it, it you know that bumpy road probably from the first three months has largely been hurdled. However, now I'm sure there's a whole new uh, number of, of of maybe not obstacles, but certainly things to to look out for. So, what would you say is like your biggest challenge right now going forward? You know what? It, it the challenges change and they're ever evolving. Um, in the beginning, I think it was definitely about gaining brand recognition, uh, which we were fortunately able to do through a combination of press and also just kind of uh, relentless relentless, uh, marketing and promotion through events, through trunk shows, through all of the like smallest activations that we did in that first year. And now that we're getting to uh, a slightly larger size, I think now, one of the challenges that we think about and talk about all the time is how do we grow and and continue to kind of fulfill the desires and the needs and also the trends, um, but at the same time remain true to ourselves and remain true to our core. And um, and so that manifests itself in a number of ways. Thinking about you know what next product are we what 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 is the next product we're going to develop? It also manifests itself in a way that you know most retailers are not willing to stock widths. They're not even willing to really stock a size range that's outside of uh, say a US five to ten. And so we're constantly trying to kind of get better with our data and our projections and our forecasts so that we can continue to offer this wide range of, of sizes um, and fit options for our customers while also making sure that we're kind of keeping an eye on the bottom line and, um, you know, setting ourselves up for success long term. 
with expansion, there always does come the risk of stretching too far in any one direction. So I'm glad that that is at least recognized as something that you have to stay focused on as you move forward. Uh, and, and for now, it seems like everything is stacking up very well. And with that segue, I want to talk about the most recent launch that is happening into the heel. Now, that is completely new for Margo. It's been all about the flat. Now we're adding a little bit of height to it. What was the inspiration behind that? Oh my goodness. This has been um, something that we have worked on and thought about for a very long time. So it's an exciting week. Um, but it really came um, at the very beginning from requests, countless and kind of endless requests from our customers. Um, uh, we have wonderful customers that are very loyal. And they've kind of said, okay, I have my Margo Comfort in my flats. Like, could you please consider a heel? Um, and we were very kind of we had a laser sharp focus on being known for the perfect flat at launch. And we didn't want to kind of take our eyes off of that. Um, but now that we're kind of nearing our two year anniversary, um, we kind of felt like it was the perfect moment to introduce that next step in a, a very kind of careful way. It's a, very much an extension of our classic collection, um, but it is a two inch heel. Um, and in a special way, two inches and two years later, we're taking a big step. <laughs> um, and it's kind of um, the the perfect complement to our, our classic collection. It's comfortable. You can wear it all day. You can, Sarah literally walked five, four miles in it yesterday. Wow. Um, and so it makes all of the sense. Um, but in, in many ways, it's a big milestone um, because it kind of marks our journey towards really building out this modern woman's footwear wardrobe and doing so through the lens of fit. Um, and with kind of this, this perfect mixture of, of comfort, um, and design in mind, you know, four miles in heels. I, I can't really, well, there's, <laughs> there, there's only <laughs> one way. Imagine, right? So, well, having been in, so having been in the hasty pudding show for a semester and having had to wear okay, heels, <laughs> um, there. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to wear heels for four minutes. <laughs> so uh, that's great. I mean, I, I you know, and um, without it, without, well, I'm going to stay mum on the personal testing of any of these items, uh, <laughs> past, present or future. But I, I will say that it, it seems like you could be well on the path to developing the perfect heel alongside the perfect flat. Seems like 2017 has been very, very uh, kind to you so far and will continue to. Um, I have two more two more questions, and then and then we'll wrap up and we'll let you get back to, to changing the world of fashion. So the first one is related to general inspiration. The second one is more shameless plugging, but I'll start with the first. There are plenty of people out there who want to go and be a you know a designer, whether that's in homes or in, in fashion or or generally be sort of that creative dynamo. There are so many things that get in the way mentally, physically, and a business standpoint from doing those things. Now, you guys came in with no knowledge and have started this company up and two years in are doing wonderful things. But there are so many people who are right at the beginning of those two or however many years they stay in it who are on the edge and they're not sure, they're teetering and they're not quite over the cliff building the plane on the way down. What would you tell them to give them that push? And just as a preview, a lot of people I talk to, they say, just do it. So I understand that you'll probably say, just do it. But what, maybe instead, what is something for them to just keep in mind as they do it, assuming that they will? 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, even before they get to the point of just do it, I think they need to feel confident in the fact that they're going to be doing something different. Because there are so many people who are are doing things and they're creating beautiful things and they're creating beautiful uh, brands. But at the same time, there are so many products and, and, you know, so many marketplaces and so many brands out there that the ones who will really have longevity will be the ones who offer a unique experience or product or value proposition to the customer. And so I think that would be my first piece of advice would be make sure that your idea is is unique in some kind of way that you're really, you know, bringing something to the table. And then from there, I would say, you know, you have to understand that you've got to be resilient because you will have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, sometimes within the span of an hour or two hours. And you've got to be willing to ride that roller coaster as an entrepreneur and always be willing to bounce back no matter what the challenge is. Resilience, almost as important as the resolution to keep moving forward. And I think that's great advice. And, uh, you know, as anybody out there who's listening to this, who's considering even the smallest of changes or revolutions or new steps, um, be it in a valley flat or otherwise, you should remember this. Now, last thing, lots of people I'm sure are going to be like, who, who is Margot? What are they all about? How does even Adam even know these people? And they'll learn all that stuff mostly in this episode, what we've talked about up to now. But in terms of interacting with you and buying these pairs of heels and flats to change their life, where do they go? <laughs> you can go to margony.com. That's spelled M-A-R-G-A-U-X-N-Y. Or follow along at margony on Facebook and Instagram. There you go. Guys, go check out margony. Promise you won't regret it. Can't right now give a personal recommendation to it. Stay tuned. <laughs> you <Maybe>. never know. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a gift for someone or something, myself or otherwise. All right, well, hey, Alexa, Sarah, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. It was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for having us. This was really fun to chat and um, are excited to see where this goes. As you heard from the founders themselves, you can interact with Margot at margony.com. That's M-A-R-G-A-U-X-N-Y.com. And you can also interact with them on Facebook and Instagram by the same handle, at margony. Alexa, Sarah, thanks so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed hearing about your story and about how it draws from our common inspiration and about some other similarities about us and heels along the way. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to the show. I will be releasing more episodes just like this in our Wonder Women series every week for at least the next few. And on that note, if you have a great example of somebody who should be featured on this show, of a story I should share, feel free to reach out either over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at ToDareIsHuman, or shoot me a note, hello at ToDareIsHuman.com. And if you really, really like the show and you want to leave a public note about it, feel free to head over to iTunes and leave a review. You don't have to, but it's always nice to see. All right. As mentioned, next week, we will be back with another Wonder Women feature. I'm so glad to have a few more left in the chamber here, and those suggestions keep on coming. So seriously, if you have somebody in mind, let me know. For now, I hope you have a great weekend. This has been Adam Connor and another great episode of To Dare is Human. Keep daring, and I'll see you later.